again, and welcome to My Digital Story. I'm Jason Gillikin, and on this podcast, we talk about how websites evolve from a simple concept and a domain name to a thriving online business. We figure out what motivates these entrepreneurs, and hopefully, we get a few great stories along the way. Today's episode is definitely one of those great stories that is both touching and inspiring. Our guest is Ira Woods with OneWorldMemorials.com a rapidly growing e-commerce store that didn't get started until 2014. Ira has had a successful career, mostly in sales, leadership, and marketing. I was uh, the executive producer for a management training company, and they had developed a proprietary online training environment that was used by some larger companies for training, like Hewlett-Packard. But in 2014, Ira moved from his home in Las Vegas. I arrived in Minneapolis on June 1st of 2014 and had the website up and running by August 17th. So OneWorldMemorials.com sells mostly cremation urns. I was wondering because I really had no idea just how often people are cremated. I came across some research from the University of Wisconsin where Ira happened to go to college and they found that cremation in the United States is chosen the majority of the time, just over 50%. And that's expected to increase to 79% by 2035. And in many other countries like Japan, for example, cremation is chosen nearly 100% of the time. So cremation urns are an ever-increasing market, and just like anything, you can find them online. But market potential had nothing to do with why Ira started his business. And so were you thinking while you're working there, you know, one day I'm going to start up a, an e-commerce store? No, not at all. So I'll tell you how uh, this, this transpired. I was living in Las Vegas at the time and my wife uh, got cancer. And so we collaborated on getting her healthy and going to doctors, you know, and then there was chemotherapy and all all kinds of different therapies she was going through. Oh. And after two years, she finally lost to the battle and passed away. So that inspired me because I was her primary caregiver and she was wanting to die at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, didn't, she didn't want people around. She wanted a big fuss around her. She didn't want to be in a hospital or be anywhere. She just wanted to be at home. So luckily, I worked from home. I had my office there, you know, because everything I did was virtual. So I was able to take care of her, uh, particularly as, you know, she got sicker and sicker. Went through that and experienced what it was like to be a primary caregiver for somebody. And not not just somebody, but somebody you really loved and were close with and had a, a relationship with, right? So I was devastated when she had passed away. I mean, truly devastated. Yeah. And it surprised me. I didn't I didn't expect it. I, I wasn't anticipating anything like that. And so I was thinking of many of my friends who've been in very long-term relationships with their wives and families and that they were going to go through this and I knew for a fact that many of them weren't even thinking of this because who wants to think of it, right? Right. Yeah. So I started a blog, and the name of the blog was and still is uh, Conscious Departures. 
And so I started taking all of my experience and putting it into writing. And I started getting followers from around the world, hospice nurses that were reading what I was writing, as well as hospice administrators and other caregivers. And it was great. I, I was just becoming part of this community. I thought, you know, I really enjoy this. I really love having this camaraderie with people going through the same thing. And I met some fantastic writers. One writer in particular, we decided to collaborate and we started a, a nonprofit. And we were going to turn that into something bigger and have all these interviews and so on and really try to get across to the public what being a caregiver was like. But then business boomed. So our company just started taking off and I found myself actually with more and more responsibility. So I could never get the nonprofit off the ground. The the blog that you started, was this while she was going through chemo or after she had passed? After. After, okay. And so it was about your experience in, in being a caregiver. And, and that, that had to be just a... Uh, an experience where you can get your, your feelings out there and boy, that had to be really difficult, but had to be that positive experience also. Yeah. And people who read the, you know, the articles I was writing, they really liked it because it was, it was very practical. You know, what is it to be giving somebody morphine every day and watching them completely incapacitated? and zonked out from the morphine, you know, and dying, and you thinking that you're the one that's killing them when you're not. It's, you know, there are all of these things you just are totally unaware of. Every day you're faced with a challenge you never expected, and you don't know what to do. And so after that, you were just kind of able to engulf yourself in, in your work because the business was booming? Yeah. So, you know, I got into work, I got into blogging, and then as I was Trying to create this nonprofit, I ran into some people, and I was actually trying to assemble a board of directors for the nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, "Oh, you should sell cremation urns on on the site." You're gonna? I said, "No, I don't think so." But uh, you know, thanks for the idea. And they said, "Well, listen, if if you think you want to do it, talk to me about it because I might be able to help." So I said, okay, let me think. And anyway, two years passed by. I never called them, and I, there was just no way I was going to do this nonprofit. I was too busy. So I called the person, and I said, sorry, it's been two years. I haven't called you. They suggested, why don't, you know, why don't I start a site? I thought, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to really uh, be in an environment uh, where I feel passionate right now. And so after going through some due diligence and meeting with people and so on, I decided to do it. So were you concerned at all that this would be sad for you? Like this would, you know, you'd be thinking about your, your wife throughout, um, or, is that, or is that a good thing? Yeah, it was a good thing. I, you know, I allowed myself to go through grieving. I didn't really try to stop it or avoid it. Right. And the grief just kind of makes her alive again. Yeah. No, I just felt like I understood, you know, that whoever the customers were that were going to contact us because my wife was cremated. And I actually went and bought two cremation urns. 
you know, I bought, uh, she and I bought one when she was still alive mm -hmm. with the funeral home. And then she decided that she wanted part of her ashes to come back to Minneapolis. She was originally from Minneapolis. And so I had to go get another urn after she, or just before she passed away. And I did that online. Mm -hmm. And it was such a weird experience, you know, that I, I am, you know, then I could relate to it. So when I was thinking of people buying cremation urns and, you know, other, some, you know, related products online, I could relate to my own experience, what I was going through, how chaotic it was, everything that I didn't know, you know, all of that. Sure. Yeah. And th this conversation right now is making me think, you know, nobody expects this to happen. And, you know, I should probably go over it with, with my wife, like what we, what we want to do, because it's just an uncomfortable conversation, right? And nobody really wants to think about it, but it is something that, that you need to do. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, and at some point you have to, you're forced into it. Oh man. Okay. And so, you know, because of, because of her death and, and, you know, her inspiration for creating this website, has that inspired you to work harder then um, in making sure that this is successful? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was a tribute to her. I almost felt her hand in this whole, you know, just the way it all kind of came about. And I have to say, it wasn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was fortunate in that I was able to work seven days a week as much as I wanted because it never felt like work. And so I was able to put an enormous amount of energy into getting everything up and running. Yeah. In some respects, you could be with her as you're working on this website. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so in, in 2014, then you start building up the site. And so it, it was a very fast process, you said. And so it was just, just three months, four months, something like that. Two and a half months to get the site up, and I—it sounds fast, but it wasn't. Don't forget, I was working every day. Right. Yeah, that's true. And even at night, you know, sometimes. So, and I had a vision. I had a very, very clear vision of what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. My vision was guiding everything. Yeah. I knew that um, I really wanted to do everything I could for the customer. I wanted to build it around the customer. I wanted to build it around customer experience. And that was very clear to me. And it didn't matter if it meant things being a little less efficient, mm -hmm. a little more costly, right? I just knew that people coming were going through a lot and I wanted to do everything I could to make this, I don't know, pleasant or that it's uneventful, that this was one last problem they had to deal with yeah and you still write that content or you have that content anyway out there where people who are grieving can look through your content and see okay yeah um you know ira went through this already and so this right. is a site that i can be comfortable with yeah um and so two and a half months to to build the site and it's on it's on shopify correct that's correct oh i built the site I, you know, came up with the basic look and feel. The plan was to create a uh, minimum viable product at first, you know, do it quick, cheap, simple, because, you know, I, I had investors. 
and they had put in the bulk of the money, and they wanted some sort of proof of concept, and they were kind of nervous about the whole thing. And I suggested, you know, we go this route. Let, let me do something quick and cheap, and that'll show us, you know, probably with, you know, within the new year, whether this can work or not. Right. Right. And so the investors, um, were, was the investment for inventory? Was it for the website? Was it for marketing to get it off the ground? Everything. Everything. Okay. And so once it launches, do you remember when it launched and do you remember your first sale? Yeah. Well, I remember it launched on uh, August 17th. It was a lot of fun. I had hired somebody right out of college. You know, the two of us were able to knock out a lot. And, you know, there were a lot of other kind of friends doing part-time things here and there. You know, so I would kind of bring people in. I had a part-time finance person trying to help me set that up and inventory. and <laughs> it, it was funny, you know. I had hired kids out of high school to help me, you know, set up a, a warehouse. It was a lot of fun. So then on, you know, so we had this countdown. It's like, I, I want to get up by the 15th of August. Okay. We had, we had this big chart and every day it was like, these are the things we need to get done. And then we were off by two days, you know, and then on the 17th, we just hit the button that made it live. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you hit the button and what happens? Nothing. <laughs> 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 you know, you're not indexed yet. You're, you know, you're just kind of sitting there in space. So, I, you know, I was anticipating it would take about a month before we could even type in the name of the company and see it come up. And uh, eventually, you know, after a few weeks, that happened. And then it was the end of September. I remember it might have been the last day of September, first sale. Wow. Okay. So six weeks, did you get that from a Google search? Did people find you from your blog? Did you do other types of ads? Like, Do you know how you got that first sale? You know, I'm not sure. I started using um, Google Shopping. Uh-huh. It, the person may have came through Google Shopping. Okay. But, you know, it was early on and you didn't, you know, there weren't a whole lot of trust elements on the site. I didn't know how anybody would buy or even feel comfortable to buy, except for the fact that the way the site looked, right? Right. But we didn't have badges, you know, because even to get a, a BD, you know, triple B badge takes a year. Mm -hmm. But we had no reviews, no nothing. And somebody bought. Wow. So what and did they buy? I don't remember. Okay. I just remember we, you know, I was with a friend and we were on his boat and I remember the sale came through because my phone rang. So we docked and we got some champagne. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it so, was great. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. All right. So you had the first sale at the end of September. Um then what happened the rest of 2014? And at what point did you know, you know what, this is this is going to work? Well, by the end of 2014, I think we were probably doing over 5,000 a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah. 
everything wasn't even in place. You know, it's like you get the site up, but it's really a draft. You know what I mean? I mean, there wasn't a whole lot there, and we reached that point. And so it was clear, you know, this is going to work. Yeah, and that's great. That's really fast then. You know, you launched in, in mid-August, and by the end, you were ready doing $5,000 a month. That is really fast. What were some of the ways that you were marketing the site then? By the end of the year, you know, we were trying to earn SEO, right, organic traffic and rankings on keywords and that sort of thing. But it was, you know, it was so early in the game. It's, it was, we were at the bottom of the heap. So we were ranking. We weren't even ranking. I mean, the, I can't even say we were ranking. We, the only keywords we were ranking for was our name. That was it. And everything else. I mean, it wasn't even at 100. You know what I mean? We were beyond 100, probably like 500. Or something. Beyond, beyond, beyond the level where you go to actually check. <laughs> You're not, not going to check to That's 500. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would go out to like page 50 on a Google search, you know, and still. And just hope. Yeah. yeah. I was very religious about it. My approach, I said, look, you know, the organic traffic is going to take a couple of years. Yep you know, for it to kick in. And what I want to do is be steady at it. You know, it's like religious. Every Wednesday, I'm going to, we're going to post, we're going to publish something and we're going to get it on social media and this is going to happen. And that's what I did. Come okay. hell or high water, it didn't matter. Right. Sick, sick, snowing, you know, dinosaurs. It didn't matter what was going on. <laughs> Wednesday came along, I just stopped everything I was doing, right, and made sure that it was fine. That goes on till today. Okay. And these are blog posts that are going to social media outlets too? Yeah. Yeah. And so you said it, you expected it to take a couple of years to get some good rankings. Is that what happened? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the, the search term that I was trying to see if we can get on page one with was cremation urns. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that search under that term. And so that was my standard. And I remember it was in May of 2016. And, you know, I'd always check. And one day I checked and boom, there we were. We weren't at the top and we're still not at the top, but we got on the page. We were at the very bottom and we've been, you know, crawling up ever since then. Okay. And now you're in the top 10 for keywords like cremation jewelry also, and even just urns, you're at the bottom of page one. Yeah. So these are some huge, huge keywords. Um, so you strive to get in the top 10 for these big keywords, and you got there. Were you doing AdWords along the way? Were you doing social ads, email campaigns? Like what else What else are you doing to market the site? Yeah. So like I said, we started out with Google Shopping, then we went into AdWords, and that that took some time because unless you're going to be optimized in that area, you're just going to lose money. And I remember when we started out, we were it was it was brutal using AdWords, Google Shopping. Yeah, I think we were paying as much as $130 for a sale, and our average order in those days was you know was about that much. That wasn't really effective, so I, I kept it limited. Yeah, and I think AdWords campaigns, when you're spending too much money, sometimes it has to do with just bidding on those huge keywords. 
right? So like if you're if you're bidding on specifically urns or cremation urns, and those short tail keywords sometimes it's not going to convert nearly as well. And then sometimes you just have to put in your time. And sometimes you have to put in your time to get the quality score up. Um, and then sometimes you're just dealing with those companies that are willing to take a loss just so that you don't get that you know that market share. Anyway, yes, exactly. Yeah, and some and our competitors, some of them who do use AdWords, you know, they they use paid uh, advertising quite extensively. And then um, we also uh, got involved in user-generated content with you know reviews and photos that our customers would put in, and that really did a lot. Mm-hmm. That was like turbocharging everything. Once we had reviews, and we were getting great reviews because of the kind of service we were giving, and uh, so you know that feeds on itself. Through that, we've generated a lot of sales. We we have found that because of the user-generated content, that we get a boost of about 600%. Yeah, that's huge. And Google likes that um, for, for rankings, but it's going to help with conversion rate optimization. Shoot, 600%. That is, that is a big difference. It's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. When you see 2,724 certified reviews, that means a lot. Yeah. And so you seem to be building up the, the company, and you've built it up quite a bit since 2014. What's your biggest challenge right now as you're trying to, to grow even further? The biggest challenge is maintaining the level of accuracy and customer service that I originally envisioned. Uh, we get a lot of orders, and the orders are growing, and they're becoming more sophisticated. Thus, you know, we've had to hire a lot more people, and we, we don't want to outsource the fulfillment part of it. We want to have control over that because I felt that every touch point with the customer was important and that fulfillment was particularly important as a touch point because that was the one time we actually walked into a person's home. And so the way we would do the boxes, the, you know, the little... Uh, embellishments we would add to the order that was totally unexpected of the person getting it. For instance, one person in the company is a very good craftsperson. She developed cards, and the, the people doing the fulfillment would sign each card, and the, on the card was a poem. You know, and so it was death and shipping, you know, and. This blew people away. It was a, such a small thing, but people were just so shocked to have a human touch. And so these were the kinds of things I looked for. And so as we continue to, to grow, it's being able to do that and still uh, get all the orders out on time and get them out accurately and, and so on. Uh, that That's becoming a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure when people buy online, they expect to give up that warmth and then for you to give that to them has to mean a lot and you say it it blew people away or it blows people away so do you get calls and and emails and and letters sometimes from these people absolutely yeah that has to be really fulfilling for you it is yeah yeah wow 
Yeah. And so as you're growing, though, I can see how that can be a challenge um, of, you know, trying to make sure that that warmth goes into every, you know, into every sale. But one thing I always ask is, you know, what advice would you give to someone thinking of, of starting up an e-commerce store? My first piece of advice is realize it's going to take more than you think. There's a, a, a tremendous amount of detail you're going to need to be aware of and take care of. And secondly, it's going to take, it'll probably take more money than you think, unless you're going to use platforms that are already out there. So for instance, if they're going to sell on Amazon or if they're going to sell on Etsy, right? Somewhere in, you know, in one of the marketplaces or set up a Yahoo store, there's, there's a lot of easy ways to get started. And so I would say, unless you got really deep pockets, you may want to start out with the easiest way possible and see if that works. Some of these marketplaces are fairly matured, you know what I mean? And they've developed a lot. So to do well on Amazon is not as easy as it was, let's say, 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And you are so right about it, uh, it requiring more time or more money than you think. Because many people think, okay, well, I can start up a website, um, but it's all those little things, even even things like um, you know setting up a bank account, for example, can take a long time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, things that coming you just have to wait on. Right. Just coming up with a name, just coming you know with the with the right name. There are, there are just so many little details to getting things there, you know, where you could even do something. And even then you're not there. So how did you come so, up with the name One World Memorials? <laughs> um, we had a we had a working name, which I hated. When I was moving from Las Vegas to here, I drove. Mm-hmm. And on the road, I just spent the whole time coming up with names. And I had about 900 names by the time I got here. And then I was speaking to a friend of mine who I was going through the names with them, and then he just came up with that name, and I said, "Bingo!" <laughs> nice. That's it. The reason was that it, it it captured the spirit of what we wanted to do, which was find products from all over the world, and particular in countries where they're looking to create a little bit more commerce for locals, you know, and that sort of thing. So One World Memorials kind of captured that and the fact that all over the world, people memorialize their deceased one way or the other. That's a perfect name. Where do you see One World Memorials in, you know, five years from now? We're expanding into wholesale. Yeah, we've developed products and we there are there are now a number of products that are exclusive to us that we get manufactured and they're good sellers. And so one of the interesting things that have happened over time is that we get calls several times a week by either funeral homes or other companies who are looking to get urns or other you know, similar product, and they want to know if we wholesale. We're getting into that now. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, that could be 
I mean, that could be huge for you guys. Yeah. It sounds like a uh, an exciting time there. It is, yeah. It's always nice having challenges because of growth, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I imagine your investors are happy, and you know your your wife looking down is is happy as well, just to see you you take this and and make it, you know, in in her honor, really. Yeah, she would be shocked. She'd go, "How did you do that?" <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that seems like a pretty good place to end our conversation. It's truly inspiring to see how Ira could turn a personal tragedy into a successful business. If you'd like to share your story of how you built your e-commerce business, or if you're looking for help with online marketing, leave a comment, give us a call, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. To wrap up, I'll leave you with Ira's words from his personal blog, which you can find at conscious-departures.org. Ira says, my hope is that this site may encourage someone to take the time to talk about and prepare for dying and to do it when their loved ones are alert and able to communicate, whether it be a spouse, parents, grown children, friend, significant other, etc. I can assure you that you'll never regret the time you take to discuss the subject with them. It may not be easy, but the discussion, planning and research you do now will result in a more conscious and beautiful period of departure. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Gillikin with Triangle Direct Media, and we'll see you next time on My Digital Story.